The Aggies, the Jazz, the high schools. If it's the sport you care about, we're talking about it. The Full Court Press on Sports Talk Radio, 106.9 FM, 1390 AM. The Fan. What's going on, everybody? It's a Friday. We made it to the weekend. Eric France and Ajay Salveson with you here on the Full Court Press. Of wow, uh, our Friday Five best Ajay had me going down a lot of different rabbit holes. Yeah, I uh, I'm pretty sure our wonderful listeners are going to be very upset with us, <laughs> one way or another. They're going to be not happy. It's funny. I was. Uh, there's been various polls kind of similar to this topic that different publications have put together. And uh, I came across one of them, and that's how they started. You are going to get upset. Yeah. You will be mad. Yeah. Well, because I was like, oh, this <laughs> is going to be... Will, there well, will be a lot of disagreement I'll be honest here. with you. I'll be honest with you. When I went through the list, like, oh, this, this could be super easy. And then I'm kind of going down, and I'm like, well, then crap. Where am I supposed to put him? Well, no way. If I put him there, then that means this guy's not even on the list. And if he's not on the list, then, oh boy. I mean, you thought my J.C. Carroll take was bad, folks. You just wait. You just oh, wait. No. It's going to get spicy really quickly. Uh, Eric, how you doing today? You doing all right? Good. You doing? Yeah, you sure? Yeah, doing good. I mean, it's a rainy day. And I, I'm so weird, especially yeah, I, in late November. But You mean? Uh, November, January. Wow. Jeez. Wow. You're either wow. jumping ahead or you want to go back to 2020. I mean, yeah, I don't know. You're going back on. by yourself, though. I'm telling you that, man. Yeah. So, um, yeah. No. Happy for the weekend to be here. Again. You always are. No. You always seem like no. you went through a 15 round fight with Mike Tyson by Friday. What? At three o'clock, you were in don't bother me mode. <laughs> so I was like, got it. I'm out. I was just going to see what your list looked like to make sure it wasn't the same as mine. And as I started looking at my list some more, I was like, there's no way, there's no way that we could possibly have the same list. What if it is? Dude, if it is, we have the best chemistry of any sports show in the country, in the country, if our list is the same. It won't be the same. You don't think it will be? No. Our chemistry is not that great. Because I started I started <laughs> studying the artist, Pele. The artist? Yeah. The artist, Pele. Well, yeah, okay, so either I spelled his name wrong or the guy's an artist. <laughs> uh, maybe Pele is, uh, <laughs> in his postseason career, has gotten into art. I don't like know. I told you, there's going to be some very unhappy people here. So, by the way, can we invite our listeners to be a part of the content? Or that? Oh, okay. absolutely. Uh, 435-339-0321. Let's do it. Let's, uh, let's hear from you. Who are your top five athletes in any sport of all time? Top five. Any sport, all time. Four three five three three nine zero three two one. Yeah, and this was really hard for me. And I know we tried to seek feedback from our listeners about how would you, how would you separate? Like, how is like the best player at this sport better than the best player from that sport? Yeah, and so kind of hard. But that's but that's why we. You know, you do your research, you're like, look, this guy's just above this guy from basketball because he did this in his career as a you know, but it was fun, honestly. Going oh, back through this, it's like, oh my gosh, yes, I forgot about her. She was so dominant in what she did. Wait a minute. So you do have a her in there. 
No, I'm just saying going through and oh, studying okay. and going back through. Because and- I, I had to debate that one, too, because I was looking at some female athletes, and I thought, I, that's enticing. There were several that were on, are in my that's honorable enticing. mention. That's yep. enticing, yes. Yeah, it's going to be an interesting. So, again, we'd love to hear from our awesome listeners, 435-339-0321. Who are your top five athletes of all time? Five o'clock hour, right? Is that what we're doing? Yes. With that one? Yeah. Yep. Probably the best idea. Uh, there is a little glimmer of uh, good news today out there. Um, Let's hear it. I like the good Chicago news. Cubs signed a deal oh with my Jock heck. Peterson. How in the world does that happen, by the way? By the way, because in, in, in the National League, they have a ton of righties in the National League. There are a, lot, a, a good amount of lefties, but there's a ton of righties, and good righties, too. Max Scherzer, right? Um, yeah, it, I mean, it's a problem. And Jock Peterson is incredible against right-handed hitters. He is going to be a menace for that lineup. If you're Chris Bryant, are you like, you know, maybe I'll take it back. You know, let's let's uh, let's let's see if we can make this happen now. Maybe you change your mood just a little bit. I mean, because that lineup gets a little bit better now. It does. It does get better. They needed something. How did the Cubs pick they him needed up? to make something Dude, good. How did the Cubs pick him up? They were just. They were bleeding out. It was bad. Yeah, it was bad. You're absolutely right about that. So Unreal. Yeah, that makes me happy today. Yeah. One year, $7 million. So they're getting him on Dude, loan. Dude, they got him on cheap. Not just on loan, but cheap. That's $7 million for that guy. Um, I Dude, $7 million for Jock is not a bad deal. And you know what? He's going to be worth, I think he'll be worth every bit of that. Yeah. I think it's actually, I guess what just concerns me is it's just one year. Oh, if he, if he so continues to play a, well, it's just, just a rental? like Chicago, yeah, then he's like, all right, well, I'm going to go ask whatever I want out there and get a big fat contract somewhere else. But if he enjoys it, I mean, you're playing inside well, of Wrigley yeah, Field with the Cubs, and if you can get some success, I said it yesterday, and I still believe in this, Eric, winning fixes a lot of problems. Like, if you go to Chicago and you're winning – now, granted, the Dodgers were winning too, but if you can go to Chicago and start winning in an historic place where they haven't won a lot, you know, maybe with the exception of 15, or, I mean, 16, excuse me, then, dude, it, it fixes a lot of issues. Yeah, and if he can bring Jocktober to Chicago? Oh, jeez, here we great. go. Here we go. Now he's making, oh, jeez. I didn't make that up. Jocktober. Yeah. Who made, who, see, here's. The Dodgers teammates gave here, him that nickname. And now Cubs fans are going to steal it. That's sure, how they are. We'll bring it if he plays like that, like he does in the postseason. That'd be good. Hey, they need to make some more moves with they their do. pitching staff. They though. do. Yeah, your, your pitching staff has been carved to pieces. I mean, you, it's good that they got a good uh, a good bat, but they need to get some pitchers. He's going to help a lot. Yep, I'm with you on that one. I'm with you on that one. Uh, Six eight zero four texts in and recommendation have to have Serena Williams. Oh yeah. Then Tom Brady, Jim Thorpe, Michael Jordan, Michael Phelps. Wow. Mm. Jim Thorpe, by the way, was very heavily like he's on that finalist of the getting onto the list. I'll put it that way. Because like uh, you look at, I mean, and we don't have a lot to go back with on Jim Thorpe, but there's enough that makes you think, dude. Easily, I mean, he's he's definitely a, a final candidate to get on my list. He was a multi-sport athlete, yeah. wasn't he? Yeah. In college, like dominant in multiple sports at Oklahoma. Was it Oklahoma? No, I think it uh, was it Nebraska. I don't know where it was. 
look it up. Uh, he can uh, six eight oh four continues. Played six years for Yankees before a decade, or for excuse me, for a decade plus in NFL. Dude, I didn't know he played for the Yankees. I missed that. I'll have to go right back and read that article. Ah, that's crazy. So not only <laughs> played in the NFL. Oh yeah, he was a. Uh, Jim Thorpe was a very 60. decorated uh, Olympic athlete too. Yeah, that's true. Yeah, the, it was the Olympic one too. Yeah, there was an Olympic uh, portion of his career. I mean, that's that's nuts. Signed to the New York Giants, played six seasons in Major League Baseball between 1913 and 1919. Imagine that, dude. You played for an American football team in 1915. Up and then went three professional championships. Think about that. You're good enough to go play in the Olympics, but then you're good enough to go get drafted in baseball and play with the New York Giants, but then you're good enough to go play NFL football. And That's incredible. And he barnstormed as a professional basketball player with a team composed of entirely entirely of American Indians. Dude was amazing. Yeah. It really makes me feel bad about my life when I look at him. <laughs> I'm, I mean, dude, the people Olympics... Basketball, baseball, and football, and he succeeded in every single one of them. That's unreal. That's incredible. Good list, 6804. Appreciate you texting in. Um, whoo! I'll tell you what. Well, never mind. I won't. I don't want to spoil anything. He's got Tom Brady in there. If you're Tom Brady, you got to be feeling pretty good about yourself because you're next to a guy who won 22 Olympic medals, uh, a tennis player who won, uh, I don't know how many Grand Slams. I'll have to look that up again. And then a guy who never lost in the in, in the NBA Finals. <laughs> like, honestly, if I had to rank it and I look at that list, I put Tom Brady at the bottom. That's incredible, man. A guy who went, he was going to his 10th Super Bowl. I put it at the bottom of that list. Uh, Jim Thorpe, by the way, went to Carlisle. Carlisle? Yep. Is that like an Ivy League school or something? Or no? Never heard of that. Dude, all those recruiting people, they really screwed up on that one. I would have broke some rules just to get him to go to my university. This is nuts. Beginning, he began his athletic career at Carlisle in 1907. He walked past the track beat all the school's high jumpers with an impromptu five-foot, nine-inch jump, still in street clothes. <laughs> Isn't that nuts? He competed in football, baseball, lacrosse, even ballroom oh, wow. dancing. Winning the, of course, winning the Intercollegiate Ballroom Dancing Championship in 1912. Are you serious? You know, he's like the guy that every guy hates but every girl loves because he's so good at everything. That's incredible, man. Street clothes. That's when you know. That's when you know you're special. That's when you know you have God-give talent. Could you imagine him playing in today's game? What he could have done? Like they all talked about Bo Jackson, Deion Sanders, Jim Thorpe. Would have ran them all to shreds. Uh, yeah. What what sport do you want me to play today? Okay, I'll go <laughs> excel at it. Hey, hold on. I'm going to go win a World Series with this team. I'll come back and win the Super Bowl with this team. Oh, you need me to come get a couple gold medals and track? Great. American uh, National League, uh, National Team for Soccer, you need some help? All right, I'll go get it done. Oh, you want a one-on-one race with Usain Bolt? Got it. <laughs> Throw me in the water with Michael Phelps? 
he just goes and beats everybody. <laughs> we, <laughs> I could throw a football over the mountains. <laughs> Probably could. <laughs> oh man, four three five three three nine zero three two one. Again, your top five athletes of any sport all time. Let's hear it. We'll read all your answers. We'll read them all on air. Promise you, we'll get them all in five o'clock hour. We will announce our list, and you can all can rage. Speaking of legends, I just came across this the other day. Hit me. Cal- CalHighSports.com. Okay. They named Louis Giamona um, to their all-time, all-state small schools team. Who's he? Louis, Louis Giamona? Yeah. He's an know. outstanding player for the Aggies. Oh, fetch. What sport? Uh, football. He was inducted into the USU Hall of Fame back in 2010. <clears throat> what year did he play? Uh, let's see, he graduated in uh, 1972 in this high school, Calistoga High School. So he uh, he played for the Aggies in the mid-'70s. Uh, he was a three-time All-North Central League two selection for the Wildcats. Uh, received the school's blanket award as the, the top athlete. Was also named as the outstanding offensive football player and the most inspirational football player. So uh, he he did a lot of great things with with, uh, with the uh, Yaggies. He was a running back and a kick returner, all American honors for the Aggies. And um, according to his bio in the USU Hall of Fame, widely regarded as one of the best all around offensive talents in Utah State history. Uh, he went. Uh, it was selected by the New York Jets. Played two seasons with them. Was traded to Philadelphia. Played under Dick Vermeil. So, yeah, Louis Julian Mona, good job. Named That's awesome. All, Utah State All Century Team in 1993. <clears throat> so he's named for this uh, this Cal California high school sports group uh, that they put this together, and they named him as their all time person. But there's some other interesting names on this list. From these California schools, um, some people you might recognize, uh, including oh, where'd he go? I just had it. Uh, Jack Del Rio, um, Jared Goff. So anyway, it's a it's a long list. I don't want to go through all of them, but. Needless to say, nice Jack recognition. Jack Del Rio, though, huh? Wow. Yeah, that's cool. To that Louis awesome. Giamona, former Aggie football player. That's awesome. Yeah. We're talking about greats, great ones. He was definitely a great one for Utah State. Absolutely. Hey, should we one time do a top five Aggie athletes of all time? Hmm. That could be interesting across all sports. Yep, all sports. Has to involve all sports. Top five Aggies of all time. And, and... To limit our bias, you only get two athletes. You can choose up a max of two athletes from both football and basketball, and that's it. Or maybe one athlete per sport. So one out of football, one out of basketball. You know, what do you got? Lacrosse, tennis, not lacrosse, but tennis, track and field, women's basketball. That could be interesting. That could be tough too. Yeah. Four three five three three nine zero three two one. Who are the greatest athletes of all time? 
and it's not just, I think we need to clarify, it's not just athletic ability. Like, who are the greatest winners of all time? Yeah. Yeah. Because if it's athletic ability, Bo Jackson's like number two. Deion Sanders is like number one, number three in there. Uh, Yeah. Absolutely. Absolutely. Uh, One, five, three, four weighs in. Number one, Michael Jordan. Number two, Hank Aaron. Oh, wow. Number three, Pele. Okay. The soccer player. Uh, number four, Jim Thorpe. <laughs> and, and number five, Wayne Gretzky. Man, Jim Thorpe's getting a lot of love. Getting a lot of love right now. Where did uh, 6804 have him again? He had number one, uh, three. Eight, oh, did they rank him? He didn't really rank him. He just, I mean, he's put them on the list. Threw him out there. But he said, then Tom, Thorpe, Jordan Phelps. Yeah, so he has, he has Thorpe on the list. 1534 has Thorpe at four. Wayne Gretzky is, whew. I'm telling you, Eric, we're going to leave someone off the list that's going to leave a lot, you know, a lot of questioning of why we left them off the list. I can tell you right now, uh, mine is very controversial, to say the least. <laughs> uh, I already know that somebody that I should have considered did not get considered. Yeah, yep. Uh, 6804, that's his ranking, too. So, yeah, Serena won, Brady 2, Thorpe 3, Jordan 4, Phelps 5. Love that. I love, I love that 6804 that you give some love to Serena, too. She was dominant. In fact, I actually well, had to go back. She's still playing. She yeah. still is dominant. And, and, but I had to go back during those, like, I'd say prime years, peak Serena. My gosh. She just crushed competition. Oh. Without breaking yes. a sweat and in routine motion, crushed her competition. The gap between her and whomever number two happened to be. Yeah. Was a wide and gap. the gap between her and Venus was exceptionally wide, and she continued to prove that year after year after year. Oh boy! All right, Ooh. that'll be fun coming up in the five o'clock Can't hour. Wait. Yep. Still want to get your need them your votes. We'll, we'll read them on air. Yeah. Who do you think the the best or the most winning? Athletes who are your top five athletes of all time? Of all time. I mean, who are your top five for? You know, numerous reasons. Winning, uh, longevity, maybe, stats-wise. Uh, yeah, let's hear it. I mean, in all that. How they change the sport. Yeah, change the sport. There you go. That's a good way to put it. All compartmentalized into who is the top five athletes of all time. Would love to hear from you. 435-339-0321. Uh, let us hear. I am looking forward to hearing everybody's, uh, everybody's answers. Uh, also coming up here on the Full Court Press today, uh, Utah Jazz are back in action against the Dallas Mavericks. Uh, Donovan Mitchell, is he going to be available? Derek mm. Favors, will he be available? Uh, will they have the same success against the, the Dallas Mavericks tonight like they did on Wednesday night? What kind of adjustments will there be? Uh, it's a busy night in Region 11 basketball. We'll update you on those games that are happening, how you can follow along. Um and uh, and then, yeah, there's going to be a busy night of the Mountain West as well. Really big game on the line in Fort Collins. So we'll update you on all that coming up here on the Full Court Press. The new home for the Full Court Press. Weekday afternoons from 4 to 6 on Sports Talk Radio, 106.9 FM, 1390 AM. The Fan. Eric France and Ajay Salveson, 
couple different things going on tonight. Uh, Region 11 high school basketball. Utah Jazz are in action. We've got some big games in the Mountain West Conference taking place tonight. Hey, uh, quick question for you, and I don't mean to do this on air, but I'm going to do it on air. When we go to the CashFallyDaily.com for the basketball schedule, it's not loading? Because that's an old schedule. Oh, it okay. Should, yeah, don't okay. go there. Okay, yeah. I wouldn't <laughs> try to come to I've tried to get it changed. And oh, it no, no, you're has, okay. I just didn't know. Hasn't happened. Okay, that's all right. I thought I'd bring that up. So here's what is happening since you brought it up. Yeah, hit me. I'm so glad. You know, two so, things that really annoy me <laughs> is when you keep the receipts of my audio and then you do that. Okay, so tonight Green Canyon is at Bear River. Okay. Two different places to catch that game. Uh, if you're in Box Elder County, you can hear it on 104.9 FM, The mm-hmm. Ranch. Clint Payne will be on the call. If you're not, you can tune into 100.9, and our good friend Craig Hislop will be on the call. So two different calls of that game tonight. Uh, there's been a little bit of confusion out there about Mountain Crest and Skyview. Oh. That game will be at Skyview. Okay. So Skyview hosting Mountain Crest. So we'll have that here on the fan. Um, so we won't have the Jazz. John Newbold will provide updates. But um, the game starts at 7, pregame at about 6.50. Uh, so you can hear that here on the fan, but you can also hear it on 107.7 FM. And then uh, the last game to let you know about. It's the biggest win of them all, too. Uh, I think you're right, to be honest. Um, it's the Ridgeline Riverhawks hosting the Logan Grizzlies. Huge game. Huge game. Big implications there. Um, two teams playing some really good basketball right now. And if a win could really boost them in the RPI ranking, too. True. So two different places to catch that one. Dave Simmons and Nick Zollinger will be calling the play-by-play on 104.5 The Ranch. And it will also be simulcast on KVNU, 610 AM, 102.1 FM. Um, and, then that, and that's a win-win right there, because I know you want the Hall of Famer, right? I mean, Al Lewis is great for Logan. He does such a great job covering the Grizzlies. But, man, I think you're really going to enjoy Dave and Nick. They are funny as all get out. They give you great cover. And Dave is so good at calling basketball, too. He's a joy to listen to. So, yeah, that, that'll be a blast. And, again, that's I'd say that's the biggest one out of the three. But, really, it's a biggie for Bear River and Green Canyon. They're kind of in the cell right now, um, you know, after losses. Right, they're they're trying to stay out of the bottom. Yeah, they're trying to get back up into the middle. Yeah, and stay in the hunt, if not have a chance to move up even higher. And this a loss or a win goes a long ways in deciding what you're gonna where you're gonna be at too. Yes, no, that's true. So um, there's a lot on the line on some of these games. Absolutely, but I, but I totally agree with you. The game, if you had to pick one that you couldn't miss and you had to tune into, it's that Ridge Line Logan Ridge game. Line. Luckily, though, you have all these stations that you can just listen to every single game and just flip back and forth, and you have it for you. That's that's what's awesome about this place. A uh, quick update on what happened last night at the Mountain West Conference. Um, San Diego State just blew through the Cowboys, uh, beating Expected Wyoming that. 87-57. to A close game between San Jose and Air Force. Down to the wire, and the Spartans win 59-58. to and another close game. This one went into overtime. Fresno State beating New Mexico, sixty-four to sixty-two. Oh, New Mexico! What a fall from grace. Yeah, but they do. They're dealing with a lot of crap right now. Uh, it's, I mean, it's that, hard. I mean, I, I don't even know if I call it a fall. I just call it a a, a 
a horribly lucked season for them where they haven't been able to, I mean, really been able to go home. They're on the road for so long, sleeping out of a, I mean, living out of a hotel, not being able to practice as a team. And I, I mean, then you have McGee who decides to, to opt out for the rest of the season. It's just, it's been one thing after the order for, or one thing after the other for that squad. I, I feel for him right now. So updated net rankings, Boise State at 24. They didn't move. Uh, San Diego State does move up to, they're up to 28 now. So the Aztecs have been slowly moving up um, since uh, losing, dropping two games to the Aggies. They've rebounded quite nicely since then and have been moving up uh, in the uh, net rankings. Um, Colorado State is at 38. Uh, Utah State stays at 55. So those are the, the ones of note. Um, UNLV and Nevada are right by each other, 141 and 142, respectively. Uh, so tonight in the Mountain West, big showdown, part two of these uh, these two teams going at each other, Boise State at Colorado State. Boise opens as a two-and-a-half-point favorite. Why are you looking at me like that, Eric? What do you want me to say? I don't know. You just you huh? had a What do you want me to say? Huh? How we all hoped it would I... <laughs> on Wednesday – just wondering if you have any uh, guarantees have you no want to throw out there right for now. tonight. I think both teams will try really hard to do really good things for their basketball team, and the one who tries the hardest will do the best. I ain't guaranteeing nothing. Don't you dare put me in this. You can keep that audio, too, for this one, too. <laughs> Record. We keep all the audio. <laughs> you keep all the receipts. Um, Boise State's nine and one in conference okay, play. So Colorado State nine and two. Here's the thing: right on the heels of the Aggies, Colorado shot out of their mind against Boise State. Like what they did against Utah State in Game Two, they did that in Game One against Boise State. Well, and the Broncos could not keep Roddy off, That's off the glass. That's the see and see. There were ones like, well, Colorado State can't one can't shoot like that in Game Two. A, you don't know that, and B, there's a bigger problem in Roddy just dominating that game. I mean, they out rebounded him pretty heavily in the first half. So you can't just assume that, oh, well, they're not going to shoot well and uh, everything's going to go your way. You've got to find a way. They've got to find a way to be better and more physical on the glass, and they've got to find a way to stop Roddy. And if they can't, it's going to be the same thing here in Game 2. What are you hoping for? Okay, for the sake of the Mountain West Conference there, Mr. I want everybody to succeed and get a Capri and drink and a donut after the game. Orange what you, slices. What, <laughs> what do you want in this game then? Do you want a Colorado State loss? Do you want them to split? Do you want Boise State to win? Do you want Colorado State to sweep? Because what if we sweep Boise State? Then, then I mean. Um, oh, by the way, we aren't sweeping Boise State. No. But you want to have to. Uh, well, as long as Boise State's still in the top 75 in the net rankings. Which they should, though. That we would be act- a quad one win for Utah State. But here's the thing, like even if they Colorado State sweeps Boise, they'll still be in the top seventy five, right? Yes. Okay. Okay. Good. Good. And then for the Aggies, well, they don't I mean we don't play they leave Wednesday for Fresno, play Thursday and Saturday. And then Turner. Here's the good thing for the Aggies is they've got four very winnable games for the next two weeks. After that grueling three week stretch, you got Fresno for two, Wyoming for two. These are winnable games for you. Uh, yeah, in the uh, the current standings, Wyoming, they are four and five in conference play, and they're on a downhill right now too. And uh, Fresno is four and six in conference play. Yeah, I uh, 
They're right there in the middle, kind of lower part of the conference, right? Standings right now. I would think that these are again four very winnable games for the Aggies, and hopefully you can get hopefully you can get a nice lead where you can sit the starters, give them some rest, as you got to go to Boise State for a very very meaningful series with a lot on the line. Uh, yes. Um, what you reading there? No, I'm just looking at the the comparing. Wyoming and uh, and Fresno, there's, they're very comparable in a lot of ways. Uh, Wyoming has played more <clears throat> games. Fresno had some games that had to get postponed or canceled. Um, the Wyoming games, uh, Utah State, the, those are in Logan, but the Fresno games are at Fresno. Is that correct? Yeah. So Fresno is 6-1 and one at home. Really? And Wyoming is four and three on the road. Who's Fresno beat at home? They're six and one. They can't have played anybody though. Uh, let's see. They beat. They beat Wyoming, San Jose, and New Mexico. Okay. Well, yeah. Utah State's gonna be a rude awakening. Yeah. And then a pre-conference game against William Jessup Warriors. Oh, there you go. Yeah. They've had like four or five games canceled. Or postponed. Yeah, they've had a few. Yeah, that's true. It's tough. That's that's hard to get a, a team going. But you knew it was coming. Like you knew that these kind of situations could and probably will happen, so it is what it is. Uh they only have one conference game they'll need to try to make up, and that's against Boise State. Utah State has None. None, right? They've been able to get all theirs in. Dude, knock on wood. (laughs) Knock on wood. Every time Smith hears that or says that, he cringes at it. Um, Yeah, none so far. And if Boise, like, here's the thing, is you have a full week off after your regular season as a buffer period in case you need to make up any games. That Fresno State-Boise State game would probably and will probably be played for the sake of the fact that there's seeding that has to be done with it, and there, I, I, like, there's going to be a big blob of a uh, logjam either at the top or in the middle to figure out some things. The other question with this, Eric, is with the Mount West Conference tournament, do you think that they take all 11 teams to Vegas, or do you, or do you think that there is going to be adjustments and changes made? to this tournament this year? Man, I don't know. It's hard to know. It's the, the, the format is, the way they've structured it, is that everybody goes. Um, but this year, do you look at trying to limit exposure? And look, if there's some teams that just aren't aren't doing it and just don't want to do any more, just call it a day. It's not worth it to do one more trip with the expense and travel and practices. But on the other hand, look, it's still another opportunity for these guys to play, especially for your seniors. It's one more game. Um, Coach Weir at New Mexico, he has gone on record saying, hey, you guys aren't dealing with the same stuff we are dealing with, but we still want to go to the tournament. Yeah. So if New Mexico wants to go to the tournament, they have a right I think to you be pretty much have to take everybody to the tournament. Yeah, because and, and you know what? I think Mex- New Mexico should be able to make that decision because they're the ones that are trying to – they're the ones that are going through pure hell right now with all this. I mean, dude, they were at one point, I mean, 47 straight days on the road, living out of a hotel, can't practice as an entire 
Well, I mean, I guess at one point an entire team and uh, just all the issues they were facing. Then McGee opts out. They should, if they want to go to the tournament, they should be able to make that decision for themselves and let the Mountain West Conference do it for them. They should be rewarded with going to the Mountain West Tournament just because they had to spend so much time in Lubbock, Texas. Oh, dude, yeah. And by the way, according <laughs> to the coaching staff of Utah State, yeah, you're 100% <laughs> right on that comment. Uh, lately, they've been spending more time in St. George. Which I've actually enjoyed, Dixie too. I think State. We're, we're actually, Coach Weir's actually talked a little bit about it and said he's enjoyed it. See, here's the thing. Why do we have to go to Lubbock to play... <laughs> Why do we have to go to Lubbock to play New Mexico, but the New Mexico can come to St. George and just... Play San Jose State. Why can't we just gone six hours south and play in there? Yeah, I don't know. It's crazy. It, it's, it is weird. But, all right. I mean, it was a good proximity to UNLV when they had some series there, but. By the way, speaking of uh, restrictions and stuff, did you see what the rules have been put out from the NCAA in regards to the NCAA tournament this year? No. Listen to this. I'm going to read the thread. Stay with me here, Eric. All NCAA tournament qualifying teams within 350 miles of Indianapolis will be required to travel by charter bus. And in an effort to combat COVID-19 positives that could surface after arrival in Indianapolis, teams' traveling parties will split into three different buses. The amount of people that are allowed to be a part of that party, or at least the team travel, is 34. That's it. Um, you, each player will have their own hotel room. Nobody's allowed to room with each other. There is no allowed outside hotel guest of any sort. It is that bus party, a part of that hotel, and that's it. Wow. Okay. Um, for teams... Take a lot of hotel rooms. Oh, uh, yeah. For teams flying private airports, private planes, which is usually done for the NCAA tournament for all teams, uh, to do eating and drinking while traveling via the bus or plane is not allowed. Goggles and face shields will be also provided and suggested as extra measures. Masks are mandated as well. Uh, Auto-bid teams determined prior to Saturday, March 13th, will be asked to arrive in Indy on March 13th. If a team earns a bid early enough on Saturday afternoon or morning, they will ask to be traveled down immediately to Indianapolis to get to the hotel that day. So if the Aggies play a morning game in the championship... And they finish, they're going to be asked to go to Indianapolis immediately following that game. So this potentially, they could win the conference tournament and then board a plane for Indianapolis. And head to Indianapolis later right that then. Evening. And then they'll find out who they play and what seed they are. So all, they'll, do, they'll find out Selection Sunday stuff. All there in Indianapolis. All in Indianapolis. Yep. Uh, let's see here. The NCAA is asking teams with high probability of being selected as at-large to stay in their conference tournament location between the end of their league tourney and the bracket reveal. Uh, this would primarily only become tricky if, say, Gonzaga didn't get the auto bid, which would be crazy. Uh, so, again, if you are uh, New Mexico, you arrive in Las Vegas Yep. on Monday? Yep. Or the first men's games happen on Tuesday? When- Wednesday. Oh, oh, that's right. The women's play earlier. Yep. So you arrive on Wednesday, you lose, but you're asked to still stay there in Las Vegas? You are told to stay in Las Vegas until selection si- or until you are supposed to travel to Indianapolis. You do not go home. You stay there. Which doesn't make sense. If you're especially if you're in New Mexico, we're not going anywhere. Here's the Why kick- don't we just go home? Bingo. You listen to this. Uh teams will only be allowed to eat in designated rooms at their hotels for the entirety of their stay in Indianapolis. Every person again will have their own hotel room. Uh the Indiana Convention Center will have twelve practice courts. 
In a twist, Eric, coaches will not be allowed to scout next round opponents at the game. All scouting will be done via a video which the NCAA will supply to the teams that make it to the next round. <laughs> um, Interesting, because that's one of the cool things, actually, when you're in a you know, multiple teams and uh, a venue like that, is your early teams, like they'll win their game, they'll go to the locker room, whatever, and then they'll come back out and take go up into the stands and watch the the next game. Yeah, yeah. They'll That's still be able to watch do. their opponent. And like, for example, um, I I think at a couple of play locations, I know in Salt Lake City they did this. They had just below that behind the media, they had a, a row of seats for coaches to sit at so they could watch the game. Um, they also released a seating assignment or what it should look like for a bus and for a plane, and there is a lot of space. So it's a player, two empty seats, another player. Another row of empty seats, another place. So it's every other, the whole entire way. On the plane, it's the exact same thing. One, empty, one, empty, and then another one. I guess that's assuming if you're taking a charter or Which, a private. All, but all teams will have a charter plane. All teams are chartered to the NCAA tournament on their own. They well, don't, I guess that's They true. don't fly commercial. Unless you live within 350 miles and you're on a bus. Uh, in, in regards, uh, if a team or if there's positive cases during the tournament, um, protocols aiming to be so sternly regulated that with the help of wearable tracking devices that will provide objective data on distancing, um, that will help the, uh, that will help or encourage the hope that a team won't be booted out of the tournament. All forfeit or all forfeits or contingencies of a forfeit are still being determined by the NCAA at this time. Mm. Yeah. Cause I think that's one of the big questions. Like what if a team comes down with COVID when they're there. Yeah. And they're out. Do you go find a replacement team? Yeah. Or I mean, does that team, team just, just automatically advance? out and you have another team in? But I think that's what they're trying to avoid with all this like safety measure stuff. But I mean I mean a coach can't go watch a basketball game. Like he so this tells me Yeah, but I'd be shocked if there's fans allowed in the NCAA tournament. Just reading through that. Yeah, I kind of doubt there will be. Yeah, me too. But you know that's Look, they have to use video to scout opponents that are on their schedule yeah. upcoming anyway. So that's just, it takes away the advantage of seeing it in real time and reacting in real time. <laughs> that's but still, crazy, I mean, they, get, man. they get video. They can still scout them. Yeah. They can still break it down. Yep. It's going to be weird. It's going to be provided by the NCAA. <laughs> but like, so for the Mountain West, there's two, three. Maybe four teams that could go to the Mount, to the NCAA tournament, and if you are a team that uh, gets bounced in the semifinal, normally you would just go home. Yep. But now you now, stay in Las yep, Vegas because there's still a you, chance you could go. Exactly. Yep. They will tell you to stay in Las Vegas and to hold tight. And I'm guessing that the call will come from the NCAA, and they'll say, "Hey, look, we saw that you lost. You're still there's a still a chance you're getting in the tournament. Please stay there." And then you'll find out if you go or not. And if you go, we'll get you to Indianapolis. And I get it. I mean, it eliminates just one other opportunity for you to, to come in contact with other people uh, and getting maybe a little bit lax. And then all of a sudden to find out, oh, we are going. Well, I guess we're not done yet. So, uh, again, that's going to be, what, mid-March? Selection yeah. Sunday is March 14th? Yep, because it tournament's March 10th through the 13th for the Mount West Conference. 
That's a month and a half away. That's getting exciting. Yeah, it's crazy. We're that we're, we're getting it. We're down the stretch now. The Mountain West Conference season, which is nuts. All right, four three five three three nine zero three two one. Next hour, we're going to get into our part of our Friday Five Best, the best athletes of all time, and it uh, transcends sports across different sports. It's not best football players or best basketball players. Who are the best at what they did all time? Love to get your reactions to it as well. 435-339-0321. Coming up on the Full Court Press. The Full Court Press on Sports Talk Radio, 106.9 FM, 1390 AM. The Fan. Eric France and Ajay Salveson. Uh, by the way, it's looking like Donovan Mitchell will not be available tonight. Are you kidding me? Looks like, uh, from what I'm seeing, I'm still trying to find a good verifiable source. Yeah. But it looks like he is out. Um, not sure about favors yet. The uh, f- uh, the 4:30 NBA injury report downgraded Donovan Mitchell from questionable to out. So there you go. But I didn't see what that report says about Derek Favors. I haven't found that yet. Hey, six eight zero four text and speaking of changing the game, it says Thorpe was also for uh, also coach for the Canton Bulldogs for four years. That's actually true because I I know lived in Canton. I saw something about this. Uh, while he was also playing football for the team, too. Why not? His team's won three professional football championships in four years while he was the coach and a player in the league that was the predecessor to the NFL. Just rounding out my thoughts on Mr. Thorpe. Great show. Yeah, you... um, That is convincing, as all get out. Like, the stuff that you read me and the stuff that 6804 has texted me, very, very, very convincing. Well, yeah, very convincing. We'll leave it at that. Jim Thorpe. That was amazing. Yeah, dude, street clothes, man. That street clothes story blows my mind still. <laughs> I mean, come on. Uh, yes. Um, hey, how about Namish Keta, by the way? Yes, thank you. I, I wanted to transition to that. You got us moving in the right direction. Uh, he's been on a couple different uh, watch lists. Um, he uh, been recognized as a great athlete, tremendous career so far for Utah State, and having a good season this year. And he's been named as one of ten finalists for both the Kareem Abdul-Jabbar Award, which was given to the nation's top center in college basketball, and he's listed as a finalist uh, for the Naismith Memorial Basketball Hall of Fame on Friday. Uh, for the uh, Defensive Player of the Year. Hmm. So the 10 other finalists for the Kareem Abdul-Jabbar Award. Yeah, listen award, to this list. Iowa's Luke, uh, Luca Garza, Illinois' Kofi Cockburn, Michigan's Hunter Dickinson, Minnesota's Liam Robbins, Providence's Nate Watson, Purdue's Trevian Williams, USC's Evan Mobley, West Virginia's Derek Culver, and Western Kentucky's Charles Bassey. I mean, he's right in there with some of the the highest basketball players in college basketball right now. 
That's incredible. Worthy uh, of it? Um, he's he is. Uh, sorry, I may have misspoke just a little bit. He is one of just 15 players in the nation on the watch list for the Naismith Defensive Player of the Year. Uh, is he worthy of it? Yeah. We look at if it's a defensive award. Look, the guy's averaging almost three blocks a game. He's second in the nation with total blocks this year. Wow. According to the USU report, uh, their release, when looking at advanced analytics, Keta leads the country with a 77.56 defensive rating, meaning when Keta's on the court, teams are only scoring .8 points per possession. He's eighth in the nation in block percentage, turning away 13.7% of opponents' attempts. Wow. And the things that, that don't always show up are when players start going into the paint, see that he's there, and then back out. Or adjust their shot because he's there. Uh, by the way, you can participate. You can help. Yeah, you can Kata vote, get right? There. Yeah, you can vote. Go to www.hoopshallawards.com. Hoops hallawards.com slash men slash vote slash PHP. Or better yet, find the details on cashvalleydaily.com. You can vote once per day. Top top five players from the fan vote will each get an additional vote to advance to the final five, which will be announced in late February. Hmm. Very impressive. Yeah, I yeah, yeah. You're darn right about that. That is, uh, that's that's very impressive. Um, well deserved, and uh, excited to see where he can uh, put himself on the list. I don't know if he wins it, uh, but I think he gives himself a chance. Absolutely does. Uh, again, details there on CashValleyDaily.com. Uh, Namish Keda named a finalist for a Kareem Abdul-Jabbar and Naismith Defensive Player of the Year awards. Go check it out. And when you get a chance, go vote. Coming up next here on the Full Court Press, uh, some more updates about Utah Jazz and Dallas Mavericks. Next hour, we'll get into our Friday Five Best and love to continue to get your feedback on that. 435-339-0321 here on the Full Court Press. The Aggies, the Jazz, the High Schools, the Full Court Press on Sports Talk Radio, 106.9 FM, 1390 AM, The Fan. Eric France and Ajay Salveson, Utah Jazz taking on the Dallas Mavericks tonight. No, I'm not doing it. Part two of this uh, series between the the Jazz and the Mavericks. Uh, Jazz took care of business, had a nice healthy lead, started throwing in all their subs, and then Rick Carlisle's like, no, you don't. <laughs> I'm not going to lay down. Dude, Rick Carlisle is that kind of a guy, too. I know I love him for that. I do. And by the way, I mean, it's crazy. He is such an underrated great coach. I still remember in 16, I think, or 15, when the Jazz needed to beat Dallas and then they're in the playoffs. That's all they needed to do. And Darren Williams was starting that night. Dirk's like, and it's on a back-to-back for the Mavericks. Dirk's like 40 or whatever he is. 
And and Darren Williams puts on 18 in the first half. Dirk finishes with 37 on the night. Like, Rick can get his guys to play. He's a really good basketball coach. Incredibly underrated. Yeah, because we've seen this year, um, if teams get a, a lead and they still have a, a double-digit lead midway through the fourth, they just throw in the, the towel. Mm-hmm. Um, there's been way too many of those blowout games in the NBA where the fourth quarter can get really not interesting. There haven't been a lot of close finishes in the NBA. No. Yeah, a lot of it's been blowouts. I uh, I got to tell you, though, uh, Jazz ran away with last night's game or two nights ago, I guess I should say. You think it's the same result tonight without Donovan Mitchell? Uh, I think it'll be a closer contest. You th- yeah, me too. Um, I still think the Jazz win, though. They really impressed me, dude. Two nights ago, it was really impressive what their bench was able to do. But Clarkson, and I and I continue to underlook Clarkson. I continue to underrate him and his ability, Eric. And it could be an historic night. What do you mean? Joe Ingles could break the three-point record. He is uh, tied with John Stockton for the most three-pointers made in a Jazz uniform. Hmm. And and your man Joe uh, George Yang, he's, he's excited about the winning streak. Um, you know this streak has been awesome. You know I think all of us are playing really well together. We're doing a great job of sharing the ball, and uh, when the ball goes in, it, it it makes life a lot easier. Especially for you, George. And he's playing better. Oh jeez, here we go again. Jazz are going for eleven in a row. Yeah. Tonight? Hey, uh, two seven eight seven says one zero five ninety seven for the Jazz. 8998 texting says Fred Durst called and said Johnny Unitas is one of the best and would like him added. Okay. Johnny U. Stick around next hour. Get into our Friday Five Best. Oh boy. The Aggies, the Jazz, the high schools. If it's the sport you care about, we're talking about it. The Full Court Press on Sports Talk Radio, 1069 FM, 1390 AM. The Fan. Eric France and Ajay Salveson. Are you ready for this? Uh, this, this? This is what I'm ready for. You ready? This, I, this is what I'm ready for. Uh, I said we don't pass on the ball. John Stockton's a legend. No, I'm kidding. Uh, you know, on a serious note, me and Joe have a, a, a really great relationship. He's been like a big brother slash mentor for me and uh, my career. Um, and just to see the hard work that he puts in day in and day out. Um, not only to be able to play, but, you know, to make our team better is just admirable. So to see him be able to reap the benefits, I'm sure, if not tonight, another night, he'll get that one three-pointer. Um, it's just great to see him get some individual accomplishments because I think a lot about Joe goes uh, unsaid or, or unnoticed. Uh, his value to this team is tremendous. And so for him to get some personal accolades actually is, is pretty tremendous, and I'm super happy for him. Yeah, speaking of reaping the benefits, that's what Yang does. Just goes out there with really good basketball players and reaps the benefits. That's George Yang, by the way, talking about Joe Ingles. He has a chance to set the NBA, excuse me, the Utah Jazz record for three pointers made. John Stockton holds the record. Joe Ingles is tied <clears throat> with him, and that just blows my mind, honestly. Yeah, well, I think it, for me it does too because he came here in fifteen. If I'm not mistaken, it was at fifteen, I believe. Uh, because the Clippers, he was going to L.A., 
uh, where he was in L.A. His wife was getting ready to fly to L.A. uh, from Australia to come see him. And he meets with the L.A. Clippers brass, and they say, you're done. Right, because he had been part of their yeah, their and he got cut. summer league and stuff. And yeah, he, and he and he said he was surprised by getting cut. And so when his wife got to California, he delivered the bad news, and uh, she assured him that things would work out in the end. And then all of a sudden, as soon as as soon as the Clippers had cut him, Lindsey and his brass said, "You know what? We're going after this guy. We need him." Gave him a call and said, "We'll uh, we'll take you." And Ingles was not going to be picky at all. Wanted to be here, and he. He immediately con- uh, contributed to the Jazz success. He's been a big part of it. Leadership in the locker room, a great presence, and uh, on the court too. Really so. keeps the team loose. Yeah, he his, really does. He, he doesn't take things too seriously, but he's a trash talker. Oh yeah, and uh, he gets in, in opposing teams and players' heads. Who's okay? So when in regards to trash talk, who did he get the better of? Uh, I'll put the list between here. Paul George, or who's the guy for the Clippers he ate alive? It wasn't Pierce, because Pierce didn't play that much, and Ingles let him know that. Uh, I can't remember. There was a Clippers guy. For the life of me. Oh, it was Crawford, because Jamal Crawford was having himself a couple of games. And then I think at one point, uh, he went to the line Crawford did in, I think, game three. And Ingles walked by him and said something with a smile. And Crawford just stared at him, goes to the line, and misses both. I mean, and Crawford was really solid at the line. And then, yeah, like, from the rest, from game three to game seven, those two just jotted each other. <laughs> and Car- Crawford really wasn't that great in games three through seven either. I still think he got the better of Paul, Paul George. George. Oh, dude, he was a that mess. That was so fun. He was such a mess, so wasn't he? So fun to watch them every time they're on the court together. That was unreal. But he, he really is a secret sauce for the Jazz. Uh, there's teams that uh, like they'll try to do what they can to negate Rudy Gobert, or mm-hmm. they'll try to get the ball out of Donovan's hands. But those teams that really do their work, who try to isolate Joe when he's out there, really can flummox the Jazz because he keeps things going. He really keeps things connected. He's not a seek-your-shot guy. He's not going to pound the ball forever, um, but uh, he's a big facilitator. So I, I love Joe. They've been able to hold on to him as long as they have. has been awesome. I think he's been a really big part of their success during this run these last several years. And uh, it honestly blew me away when I was watching the broadcast the other night that he was right there next to John Stockton to break the record, and tonight he probably will. Um, John Stockton, as long as he was in a Jazz uniform, a little bit different era, three-point shots weren't, so much a part of the game as they are today, but still, cool to see Joe Ingles get there and be on that level where something belongs to him. Yeah, absolutely, and he's—I think he gets it tonight, and I think he gets it in the first quarter. To be honest with you, I—I I, I just things like this, Quinn Snyder is very aware of, and I'm pretty sure he's going to put something where Joe's getting minutes in the first quarter, sets up a couple looks for George or not George Joe. Don't ever say that I said George again. Uh, Joe, and uh, tries to get this thing over with early so they can move on and play basketball. Does he hold on to that record very long? No. Wait, actually, yeah. Who else is going to get it? Donovan. No, he won't. I think he'll come close. I think he'll be second. 
I think he'll pass Stockton at some point. How many years do you think Joe has left in him? Uh, that's a good question. I don't know. Because he, he joined the Jazz. He joined the NBA as a little bit older player a few years into the playing career as it was. I don't know. It's a good question. Hmm. Yeah. Could be interesting. Uh, he's going to get a starting nod tonight. Donovan Mitchell has been ruled out. He's still in the concussion protocol. Um, haven't seen anything official from the Utah Jazz yet about Derek Favors as of yet. Uh, he had lower back soreness last time, and that's why he uh, uh, wasn't able to be there. Um, but um, Donovan Mitchell definitely out, so I would imagine we would see Joe Ingles inserted into the, the starting lineup again. Uh, and see what kind of a role Jordan Clarkson plays off the bench as well. Um, so anyway, that game is at 8 o'clock tonight. We'll be having the uh, uh, Skyview boys basketball game earlier, and we'll kind of get into that a little bit. Um, so we'll, we'll see as that game starts. Hurricane John Newbold will provide some updates in the early stages of that game. In the meantime... IJ, should we get into our Friday Five Best? Let's let's give one more time uh, or one more chance for our text line because we got some new listeners in, right? Five o'clock hour, four three five three three nine zero three two one. Text us your top five, or excuse me, yeah, best five athletes of all time of any sport based on whatever criteria you want to use. I mean, winning, I mean, championships matter, right? Stats matter. Uh, longevity matters. Um, resume matters. And so give us whatever criteria you want, your top five athletes of all time in any sport. 435-339-0321. And we will read these texts on our show. We'll read them on air. Uh, we'll have a discussion. We'll We'll be straight up with it and... And whatnot. 9835 texted in. What would you guys think of moving the three point line back to two or three more feet? Two, I would be actually okay with. Moving it back? Yeah. Farther than it already is? It's, it's already, it's far. When you, yeah. When you look at it compared to like the high school. Yeah, that's high school though. No. I wouldn't move it back. I think two would be all right. Uh, four, 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 six is texting in his best five: Brady, Tiger, Ali, Jordan, Feder. So you got one football player, one golfer, a boxer, a basketball, and tennis. Love it. Good text. I, I and look, those are all very qualified names to be on this list. All of them are. Four, three, five, three, three, nine, zero, three, two, one. Your best five athletes of all time in any sport. Let's hear them. Uh, before we get into that. Yes. I uh, want to kind of circle back to Utah Jazz for just a quick second. Okay. And if you want to weigh in a score prediction, we'll take that too. But uh, this was just, this came out, was this today or yesterday? Uh, this came out today. Donovan Mitchell received the off-season NBA Cares Community Assist Award. Oh, cool. Um. It, uh, because of some of the things that he did uh, to uh, champion, you know, social uh, justice causes, uh, education. Um, he uh, he made some big donations to some uh, um, 
a school where his mom works. Actually, it was in, in December. Uh, the Mitchell family pledged $12 million to Greenwich Country Day School. Jordan, or excuse me, Donovan and his sister Jordan's alma mater and the school where their mother, Nicole, taught for more than a decade. Uh, their lar- largest single donation ever. Um, he's done things to um, to donate proceeds of his Adidas Don issue number two sneakers to support the education of Jacob Blake's children, students of color at the University of Louisville, and teachers at preschools in Connecticut and the Bronx, totaling more than $300,000 in scholarships and academic assistance. So... That's um, pretty cool. Guy has done some pretty amazing things to try to help people that are disadvantaged and and definitely championing education and helping those get a better uh, leg up. Yeah, in life. No, that's great. I love it. That's good. So good uh, for him, man. That's a great and good. He's, a, he's a, again, he's a great representation of Utah. I think great representative for the state of Utah, Eric. Yeah, thrilled to have him here. Named to the inaugural board of the National Basketball Social Justice Coalition. Wow. So, uh, nice recognition for Donovan Mitchell and uh, his efforts. Um, so, in in uh, in I guess in response, um, the um, he will be recognized at the game tonight because of that. Uh, and also, Kaiser Permanente in the NBA will donate $10,000 on Mitchell's behalf to the Children's Village in New York. So, congratulations, Donovan Mitchell. That's awesome. It's a cool award. Yeah, it absolutely is. Good recognition. <clears throat> uh, 689 texted in his top five. Eric, Brady, Tiger, Liddell, Kobe, and Pele. Isn't that crazy? Like, I'm thrilled about how many people like Brady. If I could, I'd vote Brady all five times. Sorry, uh, Brady Tiger Liddell. Mm-hmm. Got to help me with who's Liddell. No idea, but he's got to be a top five. <laughs> you just threw that out there, like you knew who it was. Okay, fine. You know what? I do know who it is. Six, he's a uh, six eight nine one. You got to help us out here, dude. He's going to be ticked too that we don't know who Liddell is. Uh, Chuck Liddell, MMA fighter. Oh, Chucky. Okay. Brady, Tiger, Chuck Liddell, Kobe, Pele. Iceman, as they call him. Yeah, one of the great fighters in MMA. (laughs) He had the super chokehold that would just kick your trash. Right, you knew that. Oh, stop it. Ajay, let's do this. Take a break. Let's call a timeout here on the full court Make any changes we need to? (laughs) (laughs) No, it's mine or in ink. Mine were in ink ink before the show. I have been persuaded that I absolutely left somebody off that I shouldn't have, and I will own up to that. Me too. Nonetheless, I will still give you my top five. We want to hear everybody else's top five. Again, give us your best five athletes of all time in any sport. 435-339-0321. We'll read your answers on air. We're going to give ours as well. Coming up here next on the Full Court Press. Talking the sports you care about. The Full Court Press on Sports Talk Radio, 106.9 FM, 1390 AM. The Fan.
Eric France and Andre Salveson. Friday five best. Who are the five best winners of all time? Dude. It's just it, it's too hard. Not not coaches. It's too hard. Not owners. Not pure athleticism. I think that's important to note. Six, seven, eight, nine. A very interesting list. Okay, let's hear it. Bo Jackson, MJ, Jim Thorpe, Barry Bonds, Greg Ostertag. Boom. <laughs> Adam Keefe, while we're at it. I'm not pure athleticism. <laughs> Question mark. Yes, <laughs> yes, Ostertag in there. <laughs> That's good. Uh, yeah, not pure athleticism. But, but okay, here's the thing, though. Barry Bonds has a case. I don't look juiced or not. I don't give a crap. I'm like he was in my top ten. Absolutely, Barry was. Bonds was in your top ten. He was seven hundred and what? How many home runs? Seven hundred something home runs. A lot, a lot. And what? One World Series title? No, none. He actually lost to the Angels in seven games in two thousand. So never mind. Um, yeah, I, I got to tell you, man, this was an extremely hard list to put through. And I, and I was like, you know, I could make changes, but I can't, it's, it's not fair. It's not right. Yeah, this is, this is really, really hard. Okay. So let's start it out. Number five. Go ahead. Number five on my list. Sugar Ray Robinson. Wow. Boxer. 174 wins, 16 losses, six duels, undecided. Uh, But in that, 108 knockouts. 108 knockouts! Muhammad Ali called him the king, the master, my idol. Sugar Ray Leonard, when people try to compare him, because they both shared Sugar Ray. Um, he said, no, Sugar Ray Robinson, he is the greatest. Um, he uh, was a welterweight champ five consecutive years, from 1946 to 1951. He was a five-time middleweight champion as well, from 1951 to 1960. He won in multiple classifications, multiple um, past, uh, I guess, Boxers who followed after him tried to replicate his game and do what he tried to do. Sugar Ray Robinson, number five on my list. That's a dominant boxer. All right, so I debated between two baseball players that I thought were, I mean, obviously the GOATs. I went with with Babe Ruth. Think about this. He gets like sold to the Yankees for what was it like a hundred thousand dollars, and then pretty much they they had to rebuild the stadium in the Bronx because Babe Ruth was such a celebrity because he was so good and so many people wanted to come see him. Uh, I mean, dude, there's a candy bar named after the freaking guy. <laughs> there's a candy bar named after him. Um, no, but he look. He went to ten World Series. He won seven of them. He was a catalyst in uh, six of those World Series, without a doubt. Now they're gonna say, look, Murderer's Row was a big reason why they won seven of those 
or at least a few of those. Yeah, I mean, the greats like, right, Joe, Joe DiMaggio, Lou Gehrig. Um, I mean, it helps to have that help. But, dude, Babe Ruth was in a class of his own when it came to baseball. He set the bar for being a power hitter. He set the bar for that. Mm. Nice. And, 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 by the way, the bat he swung was, what, 42 ounces, I believe? It was massive. And he swung it like it was a plastic bat. And he faced some guy back then. What he faced was elite pitching, and he was a good pitcher too. Oh, he was a great pitcher in his own right yes. earlier in his career. Yes, he was absolutely. So Babe Ruth is my number five. I debated between. Oh, I'll tell you after because we'll go through our aftermath yeah, of it we'll, all. We'll go to our uh, honorable honorable mention. mention. I'm glad we have a list for that too. All right, number four. <laughs> number four on my oh, list. Man, of I'm five really getting best. like stomach knots here. Aj Salveson. No, just kidding. You son. Never been a team manager quite like him. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Shots number fire. Number four. Number four. Uh, I went with Pele. A Brazilian superstar, uh, soccer player. Three World Cup winning teams. It's never been happened before or since. Um, he led his club to 10 championships. His club team. Um, he won many other championships in different levels. Um, he joined the Brazilian national team at 16 years old. And there have been a lot of amazing soccer players come out of Brazil. Still, to this day, he is the all-time leading goal scorer for Brazil. Is he really? Wow. In World Cup games. 77 goals in 92 games. Now, there's some people who said Diego Maradona was a better player than him. Look what he did with that Argentina team. It was a crap team and what he was able to do despite all that. But you you said it earlier. Look at over a period of time, over a career. That's why I had to give Pele the edge to Diego Maradona and put him in my top five. Pele, number four. Number four for me is Wayne Gretzky. Uh, think about this. In his first NHL season, which I think was 79 and 80, if I remember right, uh, he won the Hart Memorial Trophy as the NHL's most valuable player. By the way, that was the first of eight in a row. <laughs> uh, he tied for the scoring lead with, uh, I think it's Marcel, with 137 points. He, um, the trade. Right, I think. Did you ever see the thirty for thirty on this of Wayne Gretzky being traded? No. Oh my gosh, dude, it's nuts. So they had just won the Stanley Cup in '88, right? Uh, and then he learns from his dad that the Oilers are going to deal him to the L.A. Kings. <sighs> dude, he just two hours after they won the Stanley Cup, they're like, "Hey, by the way, we're gonna <laughs> we're gonna trade you. Just you didn't give us what we needed." So then he goes to the L.A. Kings, and he wins the Stanley Cup there. They, uh, they were down in a 3-1 deficit, and they came back to win the game, or a series 4-3. Uh, dude, I mean, I mean he, he, uh, what he had in his career, I, I can't remember. I, I used to have all these. I had all these numbers, and I lost them now, and I can't even find them because I didn't put them all down like I should have. Um, but the records that he holds... Is just unreal um, in, in hockey alone. Uh, for 
Let's see, points-wise, uh, or games played, he played 1,487 games, uh, 2,857 points, averaged 1.92 per game. Uh, dude, just unreal. What he could do in his career is unreal. And he had 894 goals in his 1,487 games, too. Wayne Gretzky is the greatest hockey player of all time without a shadow of a doubt. Uh, that was your number four, right? Yeah. Dude, that's my number four, Eric. I actually have Wayne Gretzky as my number three. The great one. What stands out to me here is um, he scored 200 or more points in a season four times. Nobody in NHL history has ever done it even once outside of Wayne Gretzky. Wow. You mentioned his all-time points that he's scored. Number two is a distant number two. Nearly 1,000 career points behind Wayne Gretzky. I was uh, I started jotting these down, all the the uh, the uh, records that he currently holds in the NHL, and I I started running out of time. I got bored. Number one in goals scored. Number one in shorthanded goals. Number one empty net goals. Number one in assists. Number one in points in the playoffs. Number one in game winning goals in the playoffs. It's just stupid, ridiculous how good he was. They had to change the game. They changed the rules because of Wayne Gretzky. You know you're special and you're a dominant player when they have to try to change the rules, change the way the game is played to make it, to give other players a chance to compete with you. And they had to do that because of Wayne Gretzky. He's number three on my Friday Five Best. Oh, boy. Yeah, this is where it got really tough, by the way. Uh, number three for me is Muhammad Ali. Do you know the guy only suffered one, uh, uh, his uh, first knockout at the age of 38 when he was really in bad shape? That was his first knockout. Uh, he finished his career at 56 and five and 30 of, uh, 30 of it and 37 of his wins were by knockout. And now that's been passed and surpassed by, you know, other great boxers. But it was people that he was going against. It was Foreman. It was Joe Frazier. Not once, but twice. Um, you think about it. If this guy isn't uh, sent to prison for five years for refusing to go fight in the war, stating a religious belief, what he could have done for the sport of boxing and the records he could have set that probably still wouldn't be broken today. Now, I mean, we, I mean, we, I'm not, I'm not even going to look at the off the or outside of the ring stuff. I'm focused simply inside of the ring. He brought boxing to an incredible height that guys like Michael Jordan, that Tom Brady say are he's the greatest, one of the greatest athletes, you know, excuse me, the greatest athlete they have ever met. Michael Jordan said it. Tom Brady said it. That when they were in his presence. They said easily the greatest athlete they have ever met in their life. Certainly his uh, uh, larger-than-life persona, um, His uh, Howard Cosell and him had a great relationship. Yeah, absolutely. Um, He was a cultural icon, a political icon. He transcended the sport in a lot of ways. And he absolutely made those fights must-see TV. He was a great boxer. Yeah. Larger than life, that's for sure. 
Uh, he's number your number three. Yep. Number two on my list. Oh, man. <laughs> <laughs> We're all kind of bracing for it. Aren't I know we? both of us like, oh man. Because <laughs> you know, on this, you have to leave some people you have to leave off. Somebody off. Number two on my list of uh, the, one of the greatest, most winningest athletes of all time. I had to put in there uh, Michael Phelps, number two all time, 28 Olympic medals. He is the most decorated Olympian of all time. 28 of those, or excuse me, 23 of those 28 are gold medals. And here's what strikes me about Michael Phelps and why I, I put him so high. He didn't just do that in one sport. Now you'll say, well, it's swimming. Yeah, but there's breaststroke. There's backstroke. There's freestyle. There's relays. And you have people who they work on that one specific discipline. The way they train, the way they eat, the way they practice, the way they spend time in the pool for that one specific sport. Michael Phelps not only beat people in those sports, but he beat them in other sports in the water. And it wasn't just all individual stuff, too. He won a lot of stuff as a teammate. And that's a different skill set. Understanding how to pace yourself and be with a, a relay team. What he was able to do, not just in one Olympics, but in multiple Olympics, just totally blows my mind. Such an incredible athlete to be able to do that. Because Olympics only happen every four years. Yeah. A lot can change over a four-year yeah. period of time. Yeah. People know, okay, Michael Phelps, this is who he is, what he does, how he trains. I'm going to beat him at his game. Nope. You couldn't. Phenomenal athlete. He's number two for me. That's a time. good number two. And that's a very well-stated reason by you for number two. Oh, boy. Uh, number two for me, <laughs> Roger Fetter. Uh, he's won an all-time what, joint record what, 20 Grand Slam titles. Uh, he's reached 31 Grand Slam finals, 10 consecutive. And another time, he did it eight times in a row. By the way, those are the two longest streaks in, in, in tennis history. He has 46 semifinal appearances, 57 quarterfinal appearances. He's one of eight to have won a career Grand Slam. He won all four Grand Slams at least once. Like, this is nuts. Uh, he's one of four players to uh, have won a career against them, at least on three different surfaces, which would be hard, grass, and clay. Uh, he's the only male player to win two different Grand Slam tournaments at least six times. He's done it with the Australian Open and, of course, with the very uh, elite and prestigious Wimbledon tournament as well. Um, <laughs> he, uh, he, he's the only player to win two Grand Slams five consecutive times at Wimbledon. Did it from 03 to 07. And the U.S. Open from 04 to 08. Uh, he also had, I'm going to make sure I have this right, he's won an all-time record, 71 hard-court uh, hard titles. Uh, he's tied the record for 11 hard-court Grand Slam titles with uh, Novak. And he's the only player to win five consecutive titles at the U.S. Open. Um, and he was incredible on the grass. On the grass, he was probably at his best. Um, he had 19 grass court titles. That's an all-time or I guess including an all-time record 10 uh, in the uh, Halley Open. Uh, he reached an all-time record 7 consecutive Wimbledon Finals. 7. 7, man. 03 to 09, he did that. Um, 
and he had the longest grass court winning streak in the Open era. He had won 65 consecutive grass matches until 08 when he lost in that classic to Rafael Nadal in 2008 in the Wimbledon final. Um, dude, I don't know what else I want you want me to say. <laughs> I, uh, That's insane. His, his record is just unreal. He's got 71 hard court titles, 19 grass court titles, 11 clay uh, court titles. Um, he's won an, um, I mean, just an incredible 11 Grand Slam tournaments. Guys, guys, a winner. And like when we when we said, you know, we got to talk about being a winner. Like Federer is one of, if not the best of them all. Oof. Good choice. Now for the hard part. Now the hard part. Number one. Who is number one on our list? Oh man, our number I'm one. I'm not even confident top, right now. My number one, to be honest with top you, top player of all time across all disciplines, across all sports. Let's take a break, and we'll take a break oh, to talk about goodness. it coming up next on thank the Full goodness. Court Press. The Aggies are number one here. The Full Court Press. Connect with us on Facebook, Twitter, and online at 1069thefan.com. Let's just let's we, just go. Everybody we can't gets to skip win. it. Everybody gets to win. Everybody gets to win. You know, these are athletes who compete at the highest level and want to win. Oh, dude, let's just... And they have won. They're not going to be crazy? satisfied you know with the trophy, is that participation There's guys trophy. that are on this list, or should be on this list, who should be three, should be two, should be one, who are going to end up going to our honorable mention list. That is bonkers to me. Well, what's been fun is going back through and, and doing some research here and remembering... So just the amazing performances yeah. that some of these people have been able to to do, not just in individual performances, but over a career. Look, the, the dedication and sacrifice that it takes to do that. Dude, I've made insane. 50 corrections before the show. I think I threw away like four or five pieces of paper. Yeah, that's about where I, I was at. I jotting notes, and I'd take up too much space. I'm like, no, i got to redo it. <sighs> got to change it. Hey, let me before we get to our number one, when you, what did you look at in the number one guy or number one athlete? What, I mean, if you give me a general without, you know, maybe a tease here, what stood out to you about the number one athlete on your list? Well, I think in a lot of these, I wanted to look at who had sustained excellence over time. Mm-hmm. So, like, that's why I made the point to talk about Diego Maradona uh, versus Pele. Diego Maradona had an incredible performance in that one World Cup. And he had a good career, but in that one World Cup especially, I mean, he, he blew everybody away by his individual performance. But it was just that. It was that one time. It was a, it was a snapshot in time, which he owned, but Pele over an extended period of time. Like the, the Olympics, the World Cup only happens every four years. The fact that he went to three World Cups and won three titles. I mean, that's incredible. Yeah. So for me, it was looking at an, a sustained level of excellence. Who was the best at what they did over a, an extended period of time? And so that's that's for me why I kind of made some of the differentiations on my list. Uh, how about you? I mean, Dude. What, what was uh, helped you determine? <laughs> One through five. I've always been a competitor my whole entire life in anything I did. I always wanted to be a competitor. 
So when I looked at this list, I said, who could win? If you had to take one guy or one athlete, I should say, excuse me, not one guy, one athlete on this list or, or one athlete in a sport and your whole entire career is on the line, who would you give it to? Who would you say, I need you to get me this one match or this one game? Who would you allow give the honor to, or at least the pressure to, who could handle the pressure, be cool, calm, and collective, and you know they would win in whatever sport? And I looked at each sport and took that and took each individual in that regard. And uh, yeah, dude, that that was easy the easily the hardest best five we've ever had to do is this one. It's it's just stupid. And we've had some great responses coming in through the text line, and we'll get to some of those as soon as we wrap up our top five. But it comes down to this, IJ, number one. Oh, man. On our Friday Five Best, the best athlete of all time. Number one for me, maybe we get one. Uh, we, we've we both had uh, Wayne Gretzky on our list. Yeah. And that's, I think, the only that's one we've the only had. That's the only one we've had. Him. So it comes down to number one. Do we share the number one overall? We'll find out. And you'll get mad if I choose the same one that you have. No, I won't. Actually, on this one, it will bail me out, so I'd really appreciate <laughs> it. <laughs> so number one for me, I went with Bill Russell. Wow. Boston Celtics. He won uh, two college championships at the University of San Francisco. During that time as a college player, a 55-game win streak while he played for them. He won an Olympic gold medal. But what stands out to me the most and why I put him above anybody else, 11 NBA championships in 13 years. We like to talk about Michael Jordan and winning six and, and eight. Bill Russell did it 11 of, in 13. 11! You know how hard it is to win one NBA championship Sure, there's a few guys who have multiple championships, and there's even a few guys who can count on one hand and maybe even on two hands how many championships they have. Bill Russell needs a third hand to count his championships. He was a 12-time All-Star, five MVPs, an incredible player on an incredible sustained level of success. And that's really what stood out to me. I know he had great players around him. Michael Jordan had great players around him. Some of these other people in these team sports had really good players around them too. But to win 11 championships in 13 seasons blows me away. The best player in the NBA today, what do they get to take home if they're recognized as the MVP? The Bill Russell Trophy. They named the trophy after yeah, him. That's that's a good point, actually. So Bill solid. Russell, for me, he's number one. Uh, that's good. Yeah, and you gave some very, I mean, and, and some of the big guys he played against, right? Wilt, uh, Wilt Steele. Uh, I think he played against Bill Walton, or did he, was that later in the in in uh, NBA Golden Era? I don't know if he played against Bill Walton or not. Um, I think it was before Bill Walton. Was it before? Okay. Uh, yeah. Look again. We talk about it. Winners are, I, I think, was a big criteria uh, to why I took my number one. And there was when you look at every every athlete that I had on this list, all of them were very worthy of being. Oh man, of being a number one. 
And uh, in the end, Michael Jordan is the greatest to ever do it. 6-0 and in NBA Finals. Six Finals MVPs. Five times he was named the NBA's most valuable player. Uh, he was the NBA Rookie of the Year, of course. He was only Defensive Player of the Year once. He was a 14-time All-Star. Uh, he was... Uh, 11-time All-NBA selection, first team, and here's the crazy part. He made the first team 87 through 93 and then came back from baseball and got it again in 96 through 98. Only was on the second team once, and that was his rookie year. That was his rookie year, and he made the NBA second team. Nine-time nine All-Defensive selection, and he never made the second team on the All-Defensive team. It was the first team every single time. Um, He... Of course, um, you look at to the two Olympic gold medals, by the way, that he won. One in 84, and of course, the crushing in 92. And he led that 92 squad. I know Barkley led in rebounds, uh, and I believe in points too, surprisingly. But Jordan was the catalyst. Look, there's a lot of people that said, is Jordan playing? Larry Bird, Magic Johnson, Clyde Drexler asked, is Jordan playing? That's what those guys wanted to go play with. He transcended basketball from just being inside the States to being all over the world. To Barcelona, to just all these countries. Um, And of course, in college, he was great, right? He won a national championship in 81-82, when as a freshman, he took the game-winning shot and beat Georgetown. He was the uh, Namesmith College Player of the Year. He won the uh, look, you go down the list of, of of awards in college basketball. He's touched every single one of them. His fingers have been on all of them. Uh, he's <laughs> he's had five games of sixty points or better. He's had thirty nine games of fifty plus points or better. He's had two hundred and twelve games of forty plus or better. Um, four hundred ten of thirty five plus and better. The 35 points is first all-time. The second, and then second all-time with 40 and 50-point games. Third all-time with 60. And more importantly, he went 6-0 and in NBA Finals. 6-0. and Now, people are going to say, well, he didn't play Tim Duncan. He didn't play Dirk Nowitzki. He didn't play Steph Curry. No. But I can tell you right now, he single-handedly took the Lakers series the Blazer series and the Sun series, and then came back, and I would say he got a he got a he got help in the Sonic series, but then he I would say in the second the second go round with the Jazz was all Jordan, all Jordan. I mean it's incredible six and zero in championships. That's that's numbing. And by the way, he also took a, a what year off to go play some baseball. Came back and picked up right where he left off. Jordan's my number one. And I can't tell you how hard it was to leave a couple of guys off, including one of my favorites. Uh, that's a great selection. Michael Jordan did. Um, he he definitely... Did he transcend... He's one of the few guys who was an MVP, a defensive player of the year, scoring champion... Slam dunk champion. He transcended the game in every way. Yeah. Now, did, was he a Steph That's Curry true. from 50 feet? No, but the fadeaway jumper came because of Michael Jordan. Everybody would stick their tongue out when they were playing basketball on their pickup court because they wanted to be Michael Jordan. 
the world became known to the NBA because of Michael Jordan. America became to love the NBA because of Magic and Larry. The world fell in love with the NBA because of Michael. So that's our Friday Five Best. And we've got some great uh, selections that have come through on our text line. I'm going to go throw up now, dude. 9835, Muhammad Ali. Yes. Hank Aaron. Kareem Abdul-Jabbar. Ooh, that's, that was one on my list, too. Magic Johnson. Also on my list. Bob Gibson. Was not on my list. Um, I didn't consider Bob Gibson. Wait, right, but that's his list. That's his yeah. list. Uh, I'll admit the the guy I should have had on there that was I didn't. Jim Thorpe. Jim Thorpe. Yep, me too, me too. Absolutely. That's yeah. <laughs> I'm I'm guilty on this one. Uh, let's take a quick break. When we come back, I want to hear your honorable mention. I got a couple of them I need to say. And who would you put on your list? Do you agree or disagree with ours? Four three five three three nine zero three two one or message us directly through the 106.9 The Fan mobile app. Interviews, analysis, and a little bit of fun mixed in. The Full Court Press on Sports Talk Radio, 106.9 FM, 1390 AM. The Fan. Eric France and Andre Salveson, what's that? Did you see the 5338 text? No. I should. Uh, Bruce Jenner. Look, Bruce Jenner was an, was an amazing Olympic athlete. Yeah. Yes. Uh, literally a shell of his former self. Yes. For, uh, yeah. Reasons that we'll, we'll move we on. We don't need to get into. No. Uh, hey, you text in, you can call in. One we way or another. Yeah. Participate with the show. Uh, limited time, but we do have some time to take a call. Brock sure. joins us here on the Full Court Press. What do you think, Brock? What's up, Brock? Hey, I'm just... I'm just uh thinking about these, this list that you guys put together, and I know you guys are go, going through the honorable mentions right now, and I think, I think in terms of being successful at your job, I think a couple, couple of honorable mentions that I had down were Deion Sanders. What do you guys think of that? <laughs> in terms of doing his job, mm. one of the most insane athletes of all time, right? Oh, yes. Playing a World Series in a Super Bowl in the same year. That uh, is incredible. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Uh, what's, your, um, what's your top five? Um, I think you got to put MJ at one. In terms of being successful at your job, and like what Ajay mentioned earlier, like in being in being successful at what you're required to do. I mean, he didn't fail. Like obviously, it took him time to get to those finals, but like what Ajay mentioned, being successful, winning the national championship in college, and then I think you got to go TB12, Tom Brady. Like you got to have. I mean, just his resume is unbeatable, and yeah, there are there are issues with the. I mean, the cheating scandals and stuff with the. Um, with like the deflate gate and the spy gate, but I mean, you gotta, you gotta put TV 12 at two. And then a couple of honorable mentions that I had, I mean, Usain Bolt, like mm. never failed. Yeah. To, yeah. To, and Good I choice. think, I mean, I mean, Lance Armstrong, you got to put up there as one of the guys who just succeeded at his job at a high level. Um, I, I know Fox sports radio did a, did a earlier this year, they did a um, top 20 athletes of the past 20 years. And I don't know what their final list was, but I think Tiger Woods has got to be up there in terms of being yeah. successful at your job. Yeah. Um, but I don't know. I, I loved your guys' list, and I love your guys' show. Thanks for letting me hop on with you. Hey, yeah. thanks, Brock. Appreciate thanks, you, Brock. and uh, thanks for sharing the list with us. No, he's, he's definitely right. Like Tiger Woods was on my honorable mention list, Eric, without a doubt. He was on mine, but I actually put Jack Nicholas ahead of him. Woo! Yay! Look, Jack Nicholas has won more majors, and he was a runner-up finisher for, like, twice as many. 
Well, not twice as many. For just as many as he won, yeah. he was a runner-up. He won 18 majors. He was a runner-up in 19 of those. <laughs> uh, Tiger Woods has 15 majors. He was a runner-up in seven majors. 6294 texted in. Did anyone mention Michael or uh, Michael Phelps? Yeah. Eric's number two on my list. Yeah. I did not have him on my list. I have him in my honorable mention. Uh, 6133, Wayne Gretzky has to be on that list. He was on mine. He was on both of our lists. Yep, he absolutely. was the only player who showed up on both of our lists. Yeah, he was the only guy that showed up. That's crazy. You didn't have Muhammad Ali on there? I did not. I, I, I ultimately went with Sugar Ray Robinson ahead of Muhammad Ali. Okay. Just because over longer sustained period of success. And Muhammad Ali kind of modeled his game after sure. his uh, after Sugar Ray Robinson. Sure. Uh, Martina Navratilova. Ah, uh, good one. Serena Williams. I had Serena on my honorable mention. They I had were Tom on Brady. Consideration. I put Tom Brady on my honorable mention, so I never want to hear any bias out of anybody again. I did consider Tom Brady. You didn't put him on your mention list? Yes, he is on oh, my honorable mention. Okay. Yes, he okay. is on my honorable mention. Okay, I was going to scream. Um, Yeah. And then I had LeBron James. I actually thought about putting LeBron at one. I thought about one. You thought about one, but then you didn't even put him on your top five? Nope. Nope. Is that crazy? He just kept falling. He kept falling. I'll be honest. I I had a little bit of a bias against anyone who was currently playing. Which makes sense. Uh, and when I considered, because they're not done yet. If we do this again next year or in five years, that this list could be very different. Oh, let's never do that again. That ah, was too that hard. That was so fun. That was too hard That for was me. so fun. Oh, man. Hey, thanks, everybody, for participating. Great to hear from everybody. Uh, Jazz game tonight, 8 o'clock, big one. Have a great night, and then we'll also keep an eye on that Boise State-Colorado State game as well. Huge game. See you later, everybody.